All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 289. Ow. I am Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, joined by... Nick Jacobino. Yeah, and Nick, I don't know if you know this, Ryan... What? Had his prom last night. What? I... What? I... So, there, at my school, we have... You're in high school? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm very confused I'm, I'm right now. So... We have this thing we call it Comprom. It's a it's a prom or formal event for the School of Communication students, where we basically go to a fancy place and kind of get messed up. <coughs> oh, oh, mm-hmm. good. I see. We don't endorse that. No, at all. So it's it's like trying to arrest your development. So yeah. keep make you feel like you're still in high school. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. cool. Great. So congratulations, Nick, you. on Thank your you. prom. Big success. Yep. Uh, what else we got going on? Um. Gosh, uh, I'm sure Astrami and Christine will talk about it, but late last night we got the news. Oh, yeah. That, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. renewed for season five. That's right. It's going to run forever. And ever. It'll uh, never die. The Gifted was announced. Yeah, we've got, uh, we're taking over the television airwaves, basically. Uh, Deadpool was finally Deadpool announced, was which announced. I am so happy about yep. because I've been, like, sitting on that one for Donald so long. Donald Glover, man. Oh, my gosh. Saying, Donald and Stephen Glover. Stephen Glover. The two of them together. Yep. Uh, the Brothers Glover. Um, <laughs> uh, very excited about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and just so much more. And, like, I'm thinking about the game stuff that's coming down the pike. We got big game stuff next week. We can't um, talk about it yet. Don't talk about it. We're not talking about nothing. Don't talk about it. Um, there's, uh, you know, we know that James Gunn is working on uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three already. Oh like my he God. already yeah. went. He did this with the, with Volume Two yeah, as well. He just, he's like he got excited. Literally, when the movie was released, he was already starting working right. on on the second one. So. I think I, that's only going to make it better. He's just really excited and uh, he's going to pump he, out some amazing scripts. Uh, that's what. How great content it's got, is produced. It's got the Jacobino seal of approval. Yeah. Huh? There you go. I love it. There you go. Crushing it. Um What are uh, we doing? What are we doing in volume three? I don't know. I think what, he what did are the, what are the plans for us? I think <laughs> if I recall correctly, he has talked about James has talked about that Aisha yeah. will be involved. And I mean, if you saw the end of the movie, you saw Aisha and her her final scene well, with a yes. uh someone named Adam, I read I read an interview with one only Kevin Feige where he flat out said, "Oh, okay, Volume Three, we're gonna get some Adam Warlock." I am so excited. He even for used that. the last name. No, he, yeah, he did. So yeah, we're uh, confirmed Adam Warlock. It, it was interesting. The the interview I read with Feige and a little with Gunn was Gunn wanted to put Adam Warlock in Volume Two. Uh, there was just no space for him. So, and I, I think and I agree. Yeah, trying to shoehorn yeah, him in absolutely. and to do Adam Warlock like in a cool way. <sighs> Um, yeah, I'm excited because there's some and there's so many like versions of yeah. Adam that yeah. you can so work cool, with. Man. I uh, love Adam Warlock. I I just reread old Infinity Watch comics. Yeah, um, I read a whole tome of them that we had. I <laughs> love the trades we're putting out. I oh, always yeah. have something to read on the train now. Right now, I'm reading old uh, Michael Gallagher, Kevin West, Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. 
um, that's from in the year 3000. You have no idea. Who I, that I don't is. even know who you nope. are. Um, What's <laughs> happening? It has this great. It's the it's the final volume of the Guardians of the Galaxy series that ran in the 90s. It's got a great forward by Ralph Macchio where he makes it seem like Michael. Michael Gallagher, who's the writer of this book, is this great, like, undiscovered talent. And it's just really beautiful. And I read it, and I, I enjoyed it. It's great. But I read the Infinity Watch. I'm super excited for Adam Warlock. Um, I'm going to throw your name in the hat. I think you'd do great. Totally. I think you would <laughs> You would look good with a soul gem on your head. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you could rock that. So Yeah, no. That, the screening that I went to uh, for Guardians 2, when that scene appeared, the whole crowd, the whole theater just exploded they're like whoa that and the watchers everybody i remember yeah when in the marvel screen and and actually the screening i did at the draft house yeah um with like the first one i i went to with public with like just fans there was like oh like audible gasps throughout the the room it was so great super exciting very exciting good stuff um plenty of other things that that are working on our team's working on a bunch of cool things today we got some cool stuff on the show we got uh me and nick talked to darren shan Mm -hmm. you know him he's an editor i'm familiar with his work we spoke with him about the guardians of the galaxy telltale series comic book oh cool so the comic adapting that uh and then blake talked to some folks from lucha underground blake garris making a rare Thursday appearance. Wow. So we're going to have those Do we on know here. who from Lucha is on it? Uh, I think, it, is it written down here somewhere? Let me see. I don't know. I love Lucha Underground so much. I know I'm everybody. Gonna... Yeah, Johnny Mundo, yeah. Ray Mysterio, and Taya. Oh there you go. God. That's dope. So Ray is such amazing. a huge like Marvel fan. Easy. We've interviewed him yeah, before. Yeah, we had Ray on oh, the we had, we had Ray on the stream in uh, New York Comic Con last yeah, year. Yeah, I remember excellent. one of the times we went to WrestleMania, yep. we talked to Ray for like oh, we that was the so last cool. interview yeah, with yeah, Ray. Yeah, he was yeah, we he, we were in a press line. He was the last one to come in and he like was late going into the event because he just hung out with us talking. Yeah. He's the man. That's He's awesome. great. Such a cool guy. Uh, awesome. Johnny Mundo, he has his new movie out. All Boone's the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Let's plug Get it right here. <laughs> Available on Amazon. Cool. I know this because I just listened to him on uh, Cult Cabana's podcast nice. yesterday. Oh, yeah. Plug for uh, Cult Cabana's Taya, podcast. she's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lucha Underground is now on Netflix. I know. So you should, you should I, definitely check I, it out. I, I, that, that's something I am looking forward to when I have – I know I'm going to have a lot of downtime – this summer <laughs> um and i'm going yes. to i'm going to look that up yeah um and one last thing following up from last week we were mm-hmm. talking a lot about dragon ball z yes um yes. i realized that i have all the blu-rays yep. for dragon ball z kai um oh. that i've gotten over the years from <clears throat> funimation yeah um and i just got the the most recent one that they released um so i brought a dragon ball z kai blu-ray just to I'll let you, you know, borrow yeah, it. You, yeah, it's the no, first 11 it, episodes or so, or 17 I'm episodes. Check it out. And it, it's it's great. Check it out. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so that's good. I started watching the Rick and Morty because I have no more Dragon Ball Super to watch. Oh, Rick and Morty, I, I watched four Rick episodes and, and it was great. Yes. Yeah. Nice. But Morty. All right, enough guys, about other people's stuff. That's the show for today. Yeah. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed uh, uh, all the stuff we like. Yeah, no, so let's, let's talk some comics. Yeah, we're going to talk comics and then uh, get to your questions and comments a little bit later. But yep. first up, you go. I will go with Avengers number seven out this week, written by Mark Wade, co-written by our boy Jeremy Whitley, who we had on the show, who's a good friend of this week in marvel we love his work so much yes we absolutely do and art guest art by phil noto we uh, love him so much <laughs> everything about him what i liked is mike del mundo regular artist of avengers did the colors with uh, marco di alfonso which is very cool so you get a little visual consistency um i love this issue it is essentially highlight of the year it's one of the it's one of those it's great um super great it's dr doom the infamous iron man coming to ask the avengers for help 
So it starts off with the Avengers fighting this monster creature on the side of their building. Uh, it's, it's just great. Thor, Hercules doing their punchy stuff. A lot of good banter. Uh, the Wasp getting... Wasp was, this, unsurprisingly, with Jeremy Whitley writing a star of this issue. Um, and then they get this mystic blast and they just go, oh, cool, Doctor Strange must be here. Nope, it's Doctor Doom. Drawn beautifully by Phil Noto. He really nails the uh, the armor. I really enjoyed that. And so basically Doctor Doom comes and he's like, look, I need help with stuff. All the Avengers are like, what? You are Doctor freaking Doom. Yeah. <laughs> we are not going to help you. You are a horrible villain. But one exception, the Wasp is, of course, a huge fan of Doctor Doom. Loves that he's one of the greatest scientists in the world. Loves that he combines it with magic. So she just fangirls all over him. And... Um, they they have him in to have a cup of tea. They they give Doom a cup of tea, and he says, "Look, I've decided to abandon my villainous ways and take up the mantle of one of the few men I respected, Tony Stark." Any questions? And then um, Nadia just goes crazy asking him all these questions, and she he uh, he he. <laughs> he says that he has a mission that particularly involves her. She freaks out, says, Victor Von Doom knows my name. Uh, Dr. Doom. There's also, yeah. there's this panel right yeah, here yeah, yeah. where the rest of the, the Oh, she's the off like Avengers, dancing. It's crazy. She's literally just not, like there's no dialogue, but yeah. it's such a great touch so good. Of, in the script and the, the story of her just like yeah. freaking out off yeah. to the side. Yeah, and so I, happy. And I like Spider-Man too. Spider-Man's like, yeah, I don't trust you, Dr. Doom. Yeah. And Dr. Doom just goes, I apologize, Spider-Man. I have made all your lives difficult on many occasions. All I can do is beg forgiveness for the man I used to be. Yeah, and they're all like, wait, Dr. Doom just apologized. Spidey literally says, he goes, Dr. Doom just apologized to me, and Thor thinks it's a trap. Uh, Captain America says, no, you know what? I trust this guy. And so the cool thing is, Dr. Doom has a mission for them. It particularly involves Wasp. They go to basically a camp for, like, gifted young women. Uh, it's founded in Sue Richards' name, which is why Doom has a vested interest in it. thought that was very cool, nice emotional tie. Uh, they need Wasp to go undercover and find out the source of these monsters, the monster that attacked earlier, and uh, other monsters are being summoned. So she goes in, and she finds basically these girls, they started like a coven? Yeah. Would that be the right word for it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, light as a Next, feather, stiff yeah. as a board. You yeah, know, light as a feather, stiff as a board, doing the whole thing. Uh, Nadia is great. Uh, of course, Jeremy Whitley probably helps with the dialogue. I, I, I just like this relationship between Jeremy Whitley and Mark Wade because we know they've kind of like – They've, they've worked together a few times. Like Mark co-created Wasp, handed it off to Jeremy. Jeremy co-created the freelancers, handed them off to Mark and Champions. It's a great little like mentor-student relationship with two really great writers. Um, Wasp gets captured by these girls, and she just goes, Avengers assemble, and wham! Here come the Avengers. Great fight with another monster. These girls get some cool mystical armor. Doctor Doom gets to show what he can do. Uh, Wasp gets to shine. And then in the aftermath, we have um, Captain America and Wasp wandering through the archive Well, with Wasp just basically gushing about the adventure they just had with Doctor Doom and how happy she is. And then there's a teaser for Here Lies Avenger X, Bravest of Us All, and someone's breaking out of this this tomb that they've never seen. So it's going to be another great issue coming up next. Yeah. I love this book. I, I absolutely loved it. And I hope um, for anyone who reads it, who hasn't been reading Infamous Iron Man or Unstoppable Unstoppable Wasp. Like, I hope this is a book that makes you go, oh, I should totally check out those books because these characters are fantastic. And, like, I have no knowledge of what is going to happen with Doom. No. And I assume down the line 
he'll flip. I mean, if we, or maybe not. How I don't know. How dare you? But <laughs> how dare you impugn Doom's integrity like that? I would be one thousand percent happy if he just if, stays a if hero. He stays that. Yeah, character and that version. There's a lot to mine there's from there. So much. There's there's so much we haven't explored. All the team ups he could have, all the good he could do. It's like bad guy gone good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. Cool. Really, really nailed it. Yeah, you're um, you're a key. You're an integral part real, of the show. Yes. A little something there. All right. So next book <laughs> is Deadpool number thirty. Oh, what's this? Nine hundred pages. Oh, uh, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Mike Hawthorne. They inks did by, some work. Inks by Terry Pallet, colors by Jordi Belair. Yeah. So they put um, in the work. I know there's. You might have some sticker shock here. It's a ten dollar comic. Ooh, good term. It is. Uh, but. It is probably about the size of five comics, yep. four comics, something like that. Um, it is huge, and it's 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 like a whole collection in one, you know, like a whole story arc in one issue. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. So it follows all yeah, the it's events. Basically, a trade paperback. Yeah, it follows the events of uh, Till Death Do Us, and uh, so Wade has got to get. Uh, he he's, he needs to leave Earth. He's just got to clear his yeah, head man. a little bit. He's got to get out. Um, also, this, he's got a, a mission to stop Madcap. Right, he needs to figure. He, he's basically looking for a weapon to stop Mad Cat. But it also helps him get off Earth and yeah. get away from all his problems. I exactly. Getcha. I get you. Um, at getcha. the same time, uh, we see Shield Agent Adsit, so who's having a similar situation. He's yeah. like, you know what? My life here is terrible. It's just I, <laughs> being around Deadpool is just the worst. Yep. I'm gonna go to space. Yep. I'm gonna like I'm an Earth cop. I could be a space cop. Yep. <laughs> so he leaves Earth and he's he goes and we, we don't see him for a while. Uh, but we get to see a bunch of stuff of Wade like traveling in space, being on the moon, being a you know a total jerk, mm-hmm. hijacking uh, some stuff. He goes to the Watchers' um, lair to look for you know anything that he can get to either stop Madcap or just do cool things with. He finds this crazy like uh, I don't. What would you call it? It's not like it's sky like surfing with yeah. the the oh, wind surfing. Wind surfing. Yeah. 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 Uh but it's a space wind surfing mm-hmm. thing even though there's no wind in space. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I buy into it 100%. Aren't there like solar winds or something like that? I'm no scientist. Sure. Let's okay. go with it. Uh but it's like Wade's having his little bit of a vacation. He's yep. you know getting out there and he goes he finds a big battle to get involved in. Um Mike Hawthorne just Incredible. The amount of stuff he had to draw and how involved this issue is, the battles, the big action, yeah. all different characters when the Asgardians show up and the Brood show up. There's this two-page crazy, spread man. of this giant battle that Wade gets involved in. Um, and you've got Wade talking to this alien on one side of each panel. And then on the other side is an alien dude. Like There's this whole story playing out in the background yep. that is just so good and so fun and so interesting. And like... There's this uh, this little thread that is being pulled in from the Uncanny Avengers story yes. that uh, Jerry wrote, where about Ultron and having gone into space and sort of um, like seeded a bunch of stuff. Yeah, seeded, seeded a bunch, a bunch of, of things. Of evil. It's crazy. Uh, this thing is violent as hell. Like, yep, exceptional levels of violence in Oof. here. So be ready for that. Yeah, uh, we get Novacore showing up, and we get to awesome. I mean, yeah, why not? I love it. It's great. Uh, we get to find out what happened to Scott Ad- to uh, Agent Adsit. I like the idea of just like having on your resume like Earth Cop. You give it to the Nova Corps. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, Earth's pretty tough. Sure, we, we know, we know, but, Rich. But poor, yeah, <laughs> you you must be great. Yeah, you must be awesome. Yeah, we, and we he becomes Earth. a Nova Commander, uh, which ends up being a great couple of scenes where he's he's basically like you know the the chief in this Nova unit, and he's got all these other. Nova, uh, you know, 
core members. Centurions. Yeah, over there, and, like, he's the lone human, and he's the one who everybody hates. Everyone hates him, because everyone hates Earth. Everyone hates Earth. Uh, There's scroll business going on. I just love, like, the throwaway gags in this issue. They'll just be, like, a one-liner here or there. Like, the stuff with the scroll, to me, was totally just, like, off to the side, but it's like, Jerry is just packing so much dialogue. It's like... He's just going all out in terms of scripting, and Hawthorne's matching him in terms of script, uh, putting the art in. It's just yeah, great. Rea- facial reactions, little touches, yeah. the background. Like again, background stuff throughout this book, you will have to pay like take a lot of time, pay a lot of attention. Like in here, definitely looks like Han Solo. Yep. There's <laughs> there's two people with butt faces. Yep. Butt like, faces. What's going on? It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Easter uh, eggs on Easter eggs. On totally. Easter eggs. Uh, we've got. Um, so basically, there's this thing that can duplicate anything you want. Yeah. And Wade uh, duplicates a, a the ultimate nullifier. Right. Which you know, if you've Pretty read scary comics, <laughs> yep. uh, a lot of cool cosmic comics. You know, Infinity War. Yep. Um, various other things. You Quasar know, Quasar used it in Infinity War. Uh, yeah. Two. Oh. Two. You know, poor effect. Poor effect. Um, <laughs> poor Quasar. But the the in, this the ultimate nullifier is essentially an incredibly, incredibly powerful, dangerous weapon. Uh, everybody's kind of looking for it in space to because you don't want to yeah. get it in the wrong hands. So Deadpool pretends he makes a fake one, but tells people that he's got a real one. Word spreads very quickly. He goes to nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just great stuff across nowhere. Asgardians get involved. It's just giant fights brood get involved like th- this is an epic this is <laughs> there's so many things happening here wade gets infected by brood he there's gets- an exchange between the brood and deadpool do you know what i'm talking about the one the one-off joke where basically he accuses them oh, of being a ripoff yes yes and, oh, oh my gosh oh i was cackling it was so good it was like yeah, i don't want to spoil that one. no don't spoil that um, one but don't wade, say it out loud. wade gets uh infected and impregnated by the brood yep uh, which introduces a new version of Deadpool <laughs> called Dead Pal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's essentially a chest burster yep. type thing. Um, and he puts a little Deadpool mask on him. And yep. there's a great one-liner for that yep. one, which I will not spoil. Yep. No, don't he spoil He also that. says, uh, maybe I'll call it Broodpool. But Dead Pal is fantastic. Yep. He It ends up, you've got Deadpool with swords and then uh, Dead Pal with two guns fight yep. like just massacring there's a great moment where rocket raccoon shows up oh yeah, like, yeah yeah you know what nah i don't want any part of this <laughs> yeah it bounces out Traum- could be the cameo of the year oh it's so good um but the dead pal stuff is fantastic then monarch star stalker monarch shows up Monarch freaking star stalker so, who, who, when was the last time we saw him was it that wolverine story yes gosh was wolverine that- the best there is yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 I think it was that. There was like a brief resurgence of Monarch Stalker a few years ago where he appeared. He's such an obscure Marvel cosmic character. Yeah, I remember he showed up in Nova way back when, when right. Abnett and Lanny were writing it. He showed up in Wolverine Best There Is. And then he showed up in one of those like annual deals that was like a crossover between the three books. But yeah, he's great. I, I, like don't his, know, I like his bird. I don't really know what his full deal is, but no, he's got a I have cool no golden idea. bird. Dude, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but Monarch and Deadpool have a fight. Uh, it's just, it's brutal. It's fun. Uh, and then Monarch thinks he kills Deadpool. Yep. And he brings him to the Collectors. And then we got a whole scene with the Collector in here, oh, uh, which <laughs> leads to lots of funny stuff. Um, and then Deadpool's like, I'm, you know, I, I regenerate. I'm fine. Uh, and 
collector wants to keep Deadpool for his own. Yeah, but he tell Deadpool's like, wait, I can get you something better, something yeah. that cannot die. Yep. So this is a really cool way to potentially get rid of Madcap. Yeah. Is to give him to the collector and just then it gets put in a box. And I just I know I've said this before, but I love again Deadpool having an arch enemy that so suits him like Madcap. Yeah. He's so the perfect opposite number for Deadpool. Yep. It's really added a lot to the book because that's been the thing is like. Deadpool has been a great character for years, but he doesn't have the deepest rogues gallery. Yeah, uh, Jerry has really amped oh that up. Oh my gosh, yeah, crazy. Um, you get there's great moments with Monarch Starstalker and um, every moment with Monarch Starstalker yeah. is a great moment. And the Collector, uh, there's a really sweet thing that happens for for Agent Adsit yep. at the end. Yeah, uh, and Deadpool. Oh, you know, I love that. Yeah, Deadpool I forgot all about that. Thank you. Deadpool picks up some space rocks to give to uh, his kid and like some really sweet moments at the end, and then. It tosses us right into uh, Secret Empire yeah. as Captain America shows up and yep. he's like, Wade, I need I you. And Wade's, Wade's like, like, yeah, yeah, I'm your boy. Whatever you need. <laughs> Whatever you need. This is completely worth the $10. I, I promise so you. So good. You know what? Let's stay in outer space. Oh, Go let's. over to uh, Silver Surfer number 11 written by Dan Slott. Uh, well, storytellers, Dan Slott and Michael Allred. Let's credit them how they credit them in the book. Colors by Laura Allred. We've got... Dawn Greenwood's uh, twin sister is about to give birth. Oh, my God. But meanwhile, out in the galaxy, uh, Dawn and Silver Surfer are having adventures. They're uh, fighting alongside these bug creatures. They're attacking these bears with guns. As always, the creative fuel of Mike Allred is just incredible. Well, the bear creatures are going after the bug creatures, yeah. honey, and it's yep. I just love it's amazing. it so it's much. It's amazing. Uh, the ideas slot has are amazing, and the, the execution by um, the execution by the Allreds is equally amazing. Uh, they're teaming up with Warrior One. You might remember from way back when, basically Silver Surfer went to this planet where everyone was really good at something. So you had like the best warrior was Warrior One, the best chef was Chef One, the best hot dog eater was hot dog eater one and so on and so forth but the former warrior one who silver surfer displaced is now calling himself warrior zero and goes after the surfer and dawn and uh says i challenge you to do a fight to regain my honor you know dignity and surfer's basically just like i don't want to fight this guy yeah he's nothing like i can crush him i've got the power cosmic um and worse than that dawn has this sense her twin sense that something is going on on Earth. So she knows they need to get back to Earth. So Surfer tries a variety of different ways to get out of this fight with Warrior Zero. It's great because we get to, instead of seeing a flat-out fight, we really get to see the Surfer kind of utilize his power. Uh, great splash page of them just punching back and forth. Uh, Surfer at one point, like, fakes a loss, takes a dive, uh, doesn't work. The guy sees that he was he was faking it, and they go back at it. Another great splash page here where the Surfer shows off his uh, his power and basically warrior zero just goes okay we're done he goes i'm not even warrior zero anymore i'm now just zero and the surfer and dawn get back to earth uh they meet the baby it's a great moment and then wham yeah heart strings pulled right the f out yeah uh, they just pivot Oof. look this last page is Ugh. just a single panel surrounded by black uh horrifying oh i gotta give a shout out to 
You know um, Tim Stevens. You I'm know, familiar yeah, with him. Familiar with him. He does call him Psych Ward for us. Yes. He did a Psych Ward for Silver Surfer this week that ties directly in with these last few pages, and it was probably some of the best writing he's ever done. Cool. So people should check that out. But first, check out Silver Surfer. Uh, it's a heartbreaker, but it's also just a great issue. The stuff with Warrior One is like just usual clever Dan Slott Silver Surfer stories like you know he really has found a way to make this character viable for so many years it was such a challenge because he's so powerful it's tough to make him work as a headlining character Dan's really found a way with the addition of Dawn and just the different relationship dynamics and uh, Surfer's a great book it is a great book Uh, also a great book is Ms. Marvel number 18 Mm -hmm. written by G. Willow Wilson uh, art on this issue by Francesco Gaston yeah colors by Ian Herring um, so this is a this is a different issue, yeah. Because it is uh, Ms. Marvel is only featured, I think, in the first page. If even. she only shows up as uh, basically in a in a daydream. Yeah, uh, it's a Bruno story. Yeah, it features Bruno. Who hey, in my Bruno Corelli? I want to keep calling him Bruno Kirby. Oh, the Bruno Kirby is. <laughs> I an get actor. that. Yes, Bruno Corelli is uh, the the Bruno in in this book. Yep. Um, Bruno has gone to Wakanda to study at a great school, but he's also like super messed up from events that happened in previous issues. Yes. Uh, Physically messed up. Yeah. Part of his body is, is really it's hurt and may never, it may never be the same again. He may always be, uh, have limited to no movement in, inside parts of his body. Um, so he's here in Wakanda trying to, Get his stuff together. Yeah, trying he's to move trying, on. Trying to move on. Um, and he's having a hard time because he's the fish out of water here. He's he was super smart where he was in Jersey. Um, but going to Wakanda, he is at the bottom. Everyone else in his class, incredibly smart. Right. Really, like, this is... Wakanda is the most advanced place on the planet. Yeah. And Much he, like Jersey. <laughs> and he's... <laughs> He's doing his best to try to keep up, uh, but he's having trouble. He's having trouble fitting in with everyone else. He's having trouble with his studies. He's having trouble just coping with his life. Um, so there's uh, his roommate. Um, uh, what's his, his roommate's name? Quezzy, um is basically like, hey, uh, I need you to, to, to help me out with something. We, mm-hmm. I, I got something going on, and I need you to be a part of it. And he's right. like, oh, Bruno's like, what? I'm just, just leave me alone. Let me wallow. Bruno's very emo. He's so <laughs> emo. Um, but Quezzy's here, and they, they basically... I like that. Quezzy's here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they go. He's got one. He's got an awesome freaking car. Yep. Uh, I love the, like... The um, Bernanzana, um, the city that they're in in Wakanda, and it's beautiful design in here. Um, but they have to go to this research center that has some things that uh, Quezzy wants to get. It's mm-hmm. the Golden City Advanced Research Center. Somehow he can get in. Uh, there's distractions. There's explosions. There's people pitying Bruno, which works to their advantage. Uh, but they're they're on a heist. They're trying to get some vibranium, mm. uh, some like some sweet, sweet, uncut <laughs> vibranium. Um, no, that pure stuff. But that's rather illegal. Uh, and of course, things they get into a bunch of trouble. Uh, they may be falling off of buildings. Who knows what happens? There's a huge cameo in here and a huge revelation for um, characters here, and really like the motives behind everything. Mm-hmm. It, it, this, it's another great G. Willow Wilson story. It has a bunch of layers. It go, it's like a roller coaster. And when you find out where everyone it's like a roller coaster of love, yeah, where everyone's like 
going and what their heads are about. It's just, it's fantastic. Craziness. Let's go back out to space again. Wow, you are. <laughs> I'm, all are about, space man. I'm all about outer space this week. Today. Star Wars, thank you, Nick. <laughs> Star Wars Screaming Citadel number one, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Marco Cicchetto, colors by Andres Mosa. It's a Star Wars story, gang. You know how much I love me. Some Star Wars. Uh, we've got Luke Skywalker on Horax 3 in the Outer Rim, having a drink, minding his own business, when suddenly, who shows up? Dr. Afra. Some people are giving Luke a hard time. Dr. Afra says he's with me, uh, and they have a great little bar fight scene. Uh, Luke and Afra seem like they're going to be in a little trouble, but then Black Chrysanthemum, is that his name? Black Chrysanthemum? Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum? Yeah. Chrysanthemum's a flower. It sure is. It also <laughs> was the name of my childhood pet bunny. Oh. Um, so a little fun fact for you guys there. Great. But uh, Black Chrysanthemum, Chris, 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 whatever, Chrysanthemum shows up and uh, helps them take care of the bar scene. And then Aphra's basically like, look, you want to be a Jedi? I've got a lead. If you guys have been reading the Dr. Aphra series, and you should be, she's got a lead on how to basically bring to life an ancient Jedi who could then show Luke more about being a Jedi. The banter between these two is phenomenal because Aphra is kind of like, you know, been there, done that, seen it all, almost like a female Han Solo in some ways, but also a little evil, um, but also kind of nice. So she's trying to help Luke out. She's genuinely. Aphra? Yeah. She's a rogue. She's a rogue. She's, there you she's, go. she's like. She's similar to Han, but yeah. she's a little bit darker. A little her. bit darker than that. But she sees an opportunity to help herself out. She kind of—you can just tell though. She has kind of a soft spot for Luke. Um, I like seeing their dynamic. Of course, I love seeing the droids. The droids are fantastic. Um, they go to this planet, and the—I got to give uh, Andres Mosley, who did the colors, just brilliant credit for. They have—they're going to a planet where it's just like pouring rain, and the way um, they do the rain, just—it's phenomenal. Yeah, it looks great. Um, they're searching for this queen who. Basically, the queen uh, has the ability to bring this ancient Jedi to life for them, but the queen wants to uh, see like eccentricities, odd things. She's uh, just kind of like the collector. Yeah, kind of like she holds a, this like special party once yeah, a year, and she's a party. like, "Show me things. Yeah, show me <laughs> stuff. You show me stuff. I'll do something for you. You yeah. scratch my back, I scratch yours." Meanwhile, back at the uh, the uh, Millennium Falcon. You got it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, we got Sana, uh, Han Solo, and Princess Leia, along with the droids, figuring out what's happened to Luke. Um, Sana gets has a pass with Afra, and that informs a lot of what she says. This is cool stuff. Then, again, Luke back on this planet, getting all dressed up so he can go present himself for the queen. This is what I love when Afra just comes in, and instead of making fun of him, she just kind of like... She helps him tie his tie. It's just like a nice little oh, moment. Yeah. It's like it made me feel really good. And then Luke he's looks like, great in his suit. You got to remember, he's super young at yeah. this point. Well, that's what it seems to me. It's like she's just – she's like it's almost like a big sister-little brother relationship, yeah. it feels like. Like she genuinely cares about him, but she gives him a hard time too. They go in front of the queen. I love the design of not only the queen, yeah. but her like – Henchman, Marco Cicchetto. Yeah, her entourage. Um, Marco Cicchetto hits it out of the park. Uh, Luke demonstrates his abilities, and the queen is all in on Luke. She wants to see him. Uh, And then we find out a horrible thing, that this queen wants to do more than just observe or hang out with Luke. She has some nefarious things in mind. Uh, This crossover is called the Screaming Citadel because that's where the queen is based. The Screaming Citadel. You learn why it's called the Screaming Citadel at the end of the book. Just gorgeous art throughout, great writing. 
highlighting awesome characters, just what I love about our Star Wars comics, all on perfect display in Screaming Citadel number one. Yeah, it's like space gothic horror. Yes, very cool. Yeah, all right. um, Last of my three picks is Secret Warriors number one, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Javier Mm -hmm. Garon, colors by Israel Silva. And um, this is dope. This does take place um, after the events of, you know, Secret Empire zero free comic book day and one yep. so hydra has taken over um the world is a weird place it's hydra's world we just live in it baby for sure um and we've got daisy johnson who um she's she's sort of gone off the reservation for shield she's not with them shield yep. is a, in a weird place too um who's shield who's hydra what's going on um she is trying to um, figure out what her next move is in the scope of everything else. Um, she's Coulson is involved, um, but really she gets sent on this uh, a mission with a team. We get to see Yo-Yo mm-hmm. uh, in here, which is great. The Wrecking Crew shows up. Yeah. Uh, Javier Garon. Always loved the Wrecking Crew. So good. Yeah, it's um, very, very good. The, him and Matt Rosenberg teaming up, I'm very excited for. Um, but the uh, there's a team that gets put together. It's Daisy Johnson, she teams up with Ms. Marvel and uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, team. which, fantastic team. Great team. They get involved in some shenanigans, um, and they're, they're, they're going against Hydra, uh, partially because they want to help Inhumans, and Inhumans are having a real tough luck here. Um, they're basically being um, rounded up and put in camps, mm-hmm. and there's one camp that this, uh, this crew wants to go and bust open, free some Inhumans. We also yeah. get uh, Inferno yep. up Inferno's in here. Up in there. Um, uh, the, they, they go to this camp. It's just big explosions. Javier Garon is just such an incredible artist. Lots of detail, really cool composition, and the action sequences, really fun, great facial um, expressions. But uh, they, they get to this camp, and Karnak's there. Yeah. And Karnak's like, well... And humans are having a really tough time. Here we've got food, we've got yeah. water, we've got oh, shelter. Oh, it's a smart one, that Karnak. Like, we could ride this out. Let's figure yeah. out what's going on. And he's like, wait, is that Moon Girl? Hey. Love it. Hey, You are no, the smartest. Not no, like not that, at all. Nick. Not Nick, at all like that. Nick, don't. You're done. <laughs> yeah. You're cut off. Uh, he's like, you're the smartest person. And you're an inhuman. Yeah. I want to hang out with you. Yeah, I want to see learn what you're all about. You. Uh, and so that gets him into yeah. part of their squad. It's just it's a super fun kickoff to this yeah. book. Um, I definitely want you guys to check it out because with all the Secret Empire stuff, like this is a, this is a cool little um, story about a team of mostly young heroes coming together, and where they're going to go is is going to be great. We got to get Matt Rosenberg on the podcast. We do. We do. You keep I promising to, it. I know. I want your to have buddy. Him he is. Yeah. I can, and I he's was, doing great, great stuff. He is. Yeah. Killing it. I was with texting with him earlier this yeah. week. Maybe we maybe we call him in next week. Let's do. All right. Remind me. You're up first. Oh, okay. Quick hits. All right. Uh, quick hits. All new Wolverine number twenty. Uh, written by Tom Taylor. Art by Leonard Kirk, Corey Hampshire, Mark Deering, Terry Pallet, Michael Garland, and Chris Sotomayor. Pencils, inks, colors. Um, we've got Laura dealing with this uh, this really terrible virus that's broken out on uh, Roosevelt Island. Here in uh, in New York City, um, and you get a whole, there's this great scene where all these kind of these um, different brains are trying to figure out what's going on with this um, with this virus, with this problem, with this outbreak. Uh, we Gabby has a great moment in here. There's mm, great um, there's a bit with Monica Rappuccino, mm-hmm. Rappuccini, Rappuccini, Rappuccini. Yeah. Um, 
really awesome stuff. Uh, Laura is the key to all of this in a number of ways. It's it's really great. Another killer issue of All New Wolverine. Amazing Spider-Man number 27, part 3 of The Osborne Identity, written by Dan Slott, pencils by Stuart Eminence, so good, inks by Wade Von Grawbadger, and colors by Marte Gracia. Uh, Green Goblin, former Green Goblin, Norman Osborne, gets a new face. It's disgusting, and <laughs> is uh, continuing to make things difficult in the land of Simcaria, which he has taken over along with this uh, countess who he's uh, who he's working with? Silver Sable and Spider Man are going to use the the weapons and arms of Parker Industries to try to get back into Simkari and break them out. Mockingbird plays a very interesting role in this, one that might surprise you a little bit. Uh, they come back. It's this big fight between basically Norman's like army of goblin goons and Spidey and friends. The Wild Pack's in here, the new Wild yeah. Pack, with all these cool like. No Sandman. No, no Sandman, sadly. Um, and no Battlestar. There you go. Blank expression on Ryan's face <laughs> I got tells me that he does not know who Battlestar is. Um, but they've got all of Peter's cool weapons. But Norman has a plan. They, they rip the mask off one of the gob- goblins and realize that Norman has an insidious plan that's going to make things much harder than they thought. Yep. More Spider-Man. We've got Amazing Spider-Man. Renew Your Vows, number seven, written by Jerry Conway, art by Ryan Stegman mm-hmm. and Jesus Abertov. And uh, we get Spider-Man and Wolverine teaming up. There's just awesome splash page of Wolverine and Spidey charging through the uh, the mansion. They are trying to save uh, the entire school from Magneto, who uh, had a little inside help from Jubilee. Oh, she turned Jubilee. heel, um, super heel turn. And, and you get like her reasoning is really interesting, and yeah. it comes from a good emotional place. Uh, White Queen is in here. Uh, we get to see more of. Uh, Wolverine's kid in action. We get to see uh, a little Annie Mae getting to do some cool stuff. Uh, but will uh, will she go to this school? We don't know. But lots of cool stuff in here. America number three, written by Gabby Rivera, pencils by Joe Canones with Stacy Lee, inks by Joe Rivera with Stacy Lee, colors by Jose Villarubio with Jordan Gibson. Probably the title of the week. It's Highway to the Danger Room. <laughs> I didn't even notice that until, the, yeah, so until now. So good. Uh, America is bopping through dimensions. She's trying to rescue her love interest who has been captured by her biggest fans. What a conflict. Somehow, she ends up with the X-Men, the classic 1980s X-Men. She has a uh, confrontation with Storm, which leads to Storm being like, yo, America, I've got some stuff to show you. Storm takes her up to her room. She takes them into the air. Uh, she trains her a little bit and imparts some wisdom on her. So America is able to get to Planet Maltixa, where her 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 uh, her girls being kept and she confronts her fans and she realizes she needs they they need her help with something they need her to lead them in uh against a bigger threat and she finally uh, agrees to what she has to do yeah all right we've got black panther and the crew number two uh written by Tanahasi coates and yona harvey pencils by butch geist with mac Chater, inks by Scott Hanna with Chater and colors by Dan Brown. Uh, this is a big spotlight on Storm, mm-hmm. or Blue as she's called yes. uh, in much of this issue. It's awesome. We've got Misty Knight. We've got uh, old school Black Panther, uh, young Captain America, and like flashback stuff. Um, Storm just being fantastic and awesome and looking through a bunch of the mysteries and some of the problems. We get to see uh, a bunch of her past. It's 
it's a really great issue. It's nearly one of my picks. Um, I This is a great book. Hope you guys great are stuff. checking it out. Guardians of the Galaxy, Mother Entropy, number two, written by Jim Starlin, pencils by Alan Davis, inks by Mark Farmer, colors by Matt Yaki. We've got the Guardians, as well as Pip the Troll, have been... Uh, they tell they tried to teleport with some artifact and it ended up putting them in the middle of basically nowhere and not nowhere with a K, nowhere with an N. Um, and they're outside the galaxy. This creature, Mother Entropy, wants to select one of them to be the new Mother Entropy. As a result, puts them through all, them all these challenges, uh, all this like mental stuff, all this manipulation. Dak Drax has a Thanos encounter. Uh, Rocket Raccoon sees others like him. Peter Quill deals with his daddy issues. Groot uh, gets swept up by a tree. Something I don't want to talk about happens to Pip. Uh, more Thanos for Gamora. And just all sorts of crazy tests. And then at the end of the issue, we get the old mind swap. So everyone swaps minds and they're in different bodies. Whoa. And there's going to be some more craziness. Yeah. Um, all right. We've got Kingpin number four, written by Matt Rosenberg, pencils by Miguel Sepulveda. Thanks by Rosenberg Wal- cat again. I know. Thanks by Walden Wong and Don Ho, colors Jordan Bird, uh, Jordan Boyd. Uh, so Sarah Dewey, the uh, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, she's yep. writing Kingpin's uh, autobiography, or biography, yeah. and um, she is. It, it's just it's fascinating to watch her get pulled further and further into Kingpin's world mm. um, in like. Both their parts, they are trying to, they seemingly are trying to do all the right things, but it's just, you know, that's what happens when you're around the Kingpin. There's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. so much other yep. stuff going on. There's this really great story that Kingpin tells about uh, pancakes and his wife. Love and that. I love that. So, so good, man. Shout out to Matt for, like, really great dialogue throughout this. Like, there's a the char- there's a couple characters right in the beginning, these just goons. They're having this little conversation. There's a lot of that stuff throughout is, is fantastic. Uh, Tombstone shows up. He is such a, t- a turd burger. <laughs> um, there's... Great sure. action throughout. There's uh, Highway to the Bone Zone happening towards yep. the end, and Kingpin looking ominous. Guardian Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number 19, part one of the Asgard Spartax War cover in here. It's adapting the episode Lightning Strikes, written by Marsha Griffin, directed by James Yang, and of course adapted by our good friend, Joe Caramagna. Yeah. Uh, we got Old Man Logan, number 23. It's part three of four of Past Lives. Written by Jeff Lemire. Art by Eric Gwynn. Colors by Andres Mosa. Um, and, again, Wolverine, is his his consciousness, his spirit, is being shunted through time Ooh, good uh, because of... What is this guy's name? This this jerk. It's uh, Master Pandemonium, right? Yes. Master, is it? Is it Master so. Pandemonium, the one with the hands? Who's the guy with the hands that are... That might also be Master Pandemonium. Do we have? Does the recap offer us Asmodeus. anything? Asmodeus. This is Asmodeus. I was wrong. Yeah, Master Pandemonium has the, the demons got, yeah, for hands. Yeah, it's got the demons for hands. I love that no, guy. No, he's great. Um, I anyway, wish we had him this week. Yeah, Asmodeus uh, is, is sending Wolverine's body through time uh, in order to... Uh, sending his consciousness through time in order to sell his body as a weapon to whoever wants to buy it. Um, so the present, he's just being a jerk to Wolverine, and Wolverine is consistently going through different parts of his own past which is awesome because we get to see patch version of wolverine mm-hmm. in madripoor here which i love patch wolverine yeah he's it's like the best. look he's like a five <laughs> foot two dude built like a tank yep. uh with, he's got crazy unique hair, hair yeah very, unique, very hair, unique hair very like a very unique look he puts on a black sleeveless shirt and an eye patch and you're like i don't know who who's that, that guy, guy? I, I wouldn't mess who's that him. no idea who that is yeah uh it's fantastic it makes me happy he pokes fun at the patch part of it but also like 
you know, just like dives right into it at the mm-hmm. same time. Uh, we also get to see him at one of the classic X Men, uh, you know, mansion softball. Oh games. my god, that was so great because all of these, like, the theme of Old Man Logan is just like pain, death, horror, absolute terror, and then we just get this nice moment in the middle of it all. Yeah, and I love that. And then we get he gets sent to uh, his. His original, like his time, the mm-hmm. old man Logan time frame in yes. the wasteland, and it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaker, because you like, you know, from a storytelling perspective, you know that can't last. No, can't you last. know it can't last. Another big number one this week is Rocket Number One, written by Al Ewing, uh, art by Adam Gorham. This is tremendous. Great start. Uh, we have Rocket on a heist mission. Basically, this old flame has come back into his life we learn that later though uh, al does this cool thing where he does like prose for some pages or it's like a yeah. like, like uh, i don't know how to describe it like a picture book basically where there's the big art which adam gorham does so well and then there's omniscient narration going on as well rocket is drowning in sorrows um talking about how he used to be into heists and uh he gets dragged back in like i said by this old flame she needs to enlist him to go and steal something to save her planet he enlists the TechNet, these great old excalibur characters created by uh, chris claremont and alan davis the TechNet has had a fissure within and so rocket gets half of them they all dress up in like oceans 11 suits and they go in and they pull off this heist and there's a great bit with uh, hard-boiled henry who is kind of the secret member of TechNet, and um yeah they just <laughs> They get in there and they encounter the last people they were expecting to encounter on the other side of the door. Al Ewan writes a great letter about doing Rocket and why he's so excited about it. Great debut issue. Yeah. All right. We've got uh, Unbelievable Gwenpool number 15 written by Christopher Hastings, art by Misha Haynes, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, So uh, Gwenpool's pal Cecil is this is a ghost and he doesn't want to be a ghost anymore no, and she's trying would? to she's trying to help him out uh, but there's this crazy meteorite gem thing uh, that can sort of capture somebody's consciousness can capture a ghost um, there's a cool little story about you know way back when a long time ago and uh, some Vikings and how this gem came to be and it involved dwarves and stuff like that and now in the present day uh, Gwenpool is teaming up with Hawkeye to mm-hmm. try to figure out where this gem is because Cecil's in the gem. What does that mean? What's going to happen? It involves dwarves. Ghost Rider shows up. Uh, <laughs> I love the casual. It involves dwarves. Ghost Rider shows yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, a giant purple monster. Tremendous. Uh, and it's... It, Best in it, the business. It does speak... It, it does give a good, uh, like, a good ending or at least direction for Cecil. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a design for this creature that, uh, this dog creature, reminds me oh. of... Um, Where the uh, wild things are? No, of King Caesar, this guy I have tattooed there on, we go. on my arm. Yeah. Um, he's got... What's he from? He's from Godzilla. That's what I figured. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's what I figured. I love King Caesar, um, and it, it, it's great. It just makes me happy. It's cool. And then there's a big moment right at the end for Gwenpool and Gwen, and what Oof. is she going to do? And That's going to be a very interesting yeah. twist. Uncanny Avengers number 23, the farewell issue for writer Jerry Duggan. This is his last issue. Art by Pepe Larraz, colors by David Curiel. We have the fallout of... Deadpool and Rogue, of all people, go into the uh, the outer rim of the Bone Zone, and uh, <laughs> the what outer res- rim. Yeah, the outer rim. Okay. Uh, what resulted there was Wonder Man coming back. He was freed from being trapped inside Rogue's mind. We get Beast with a guest appearance. Explains the way, whys and the wherefores. Uh, we get some cool stuff with Synapse and Cable. Cable's been 
left in a coma after uh, dealing with the Red Skull. So Synapse goes inside his head where there's Sentinels. Strife is in there. Yeah. Always love seeing me some Strife. Stab his eyes. Um, and Synapse encounters her, her grandfather, who was a villain earlier in the series. Helps Cable to come back and uh, Cable make some serious trip from there and then deadpool feels bad because he took a bunch of wonder man's money to keep funding the unity squad after the plug got pulled by steve rogers and he's like okay well i'm gonna sell this historic theater that uh we were in but then this guy who looks suspiciously like jerry duggan so shows up like jerry. Um, and basically tells him why the historic theater that deadpool's been basing the avengers out of is no longer worth any money uh wonder man flies off and he is i can't believe captain america made you an avenger uh luckily he's still a pacifist so he doesn't beat the crap out of wade but then we see the same kind of a different take on the same moment we saw in deadpool where captain america shows up and says wade i need you let's go secret empire it up the rest of the unity squad are going to go help brother voodoo dr voodoo dr voodoo they're going to go help dr voodoo out and uh it's just a nice end to uh, a nice fun run on game avengers by jerry duggan i know he enjoyed it a great deal yeah all right, we've got Weapon X, number three, written by Greg Pak, pencils by Greg Land and Ibrahim Roberson, inks by mm-hmm. Jay Lyston and Ibrahim Roberson, colors by Frank Darmada. I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah, yeah, just, no, that, totally. It. Uh, it's good because you got Old Man Logan and uh, not total awful person uh, Sabretooth. Yeah, decent guy Sabretooth. Relatively decent guy Sabretooth yeah. hanging out. Uh, they are trying to both escape from and destroy these, you know, killer... Uh, Weapon X, Ugh. you know, anti-mutant robots. Yeah. Um, there's all that great stuff. Domino shows up in here, and she's just, she's like, you know, just hanging out. Domino's awesome. She's, you know, looking for some pearls. Yeah. Just on a boat doing her thing, and these these two, you know, buff bald dudes come out, and they're like, hey, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, uh, It's a dream come nothing. true. And then they turn out to be killer robots. Of course. As what happens. As there's is the way. A great, uh, yep, a great shot of Sabretooth with the rocket launcher just laughing. <laughs> it's fun stuff. Uh, but by the end, we see that this is going to actually bleed over into um, Totally Awesome Hulk. Totally Awesome of Hulk. all places. And yeah. a little crossover called Weapons of Mutant Destruction, Ooh. which we're looking forward to. X-Men Blue rounds out my picks for this week. Uh, we got written by Cullen Bunn, art by Jorge Molina and Ray Anthony Height, colors by Matt Mila. Got the original X-Men in conflict in Spain with a bunch of Sentinels. But wait a minute. The Sentinels say they're on the X-Men side. They want to help out mutants. This is troubling for the X-Men who are already teaming up with Magneto and think if they're teaming up with Sentinels as well, this can't be anything good. There's a new mutant um, who they're trying to help, who the Sentinels are trying to help. And that's basically the proof of concept they need for, okay, maybe the Sentinels are okay. They lead them back to Bastion. Bastion. Love seeing Bastion. Um, Love his rationale. Yeah. why his sentinels are good now it's pretty clever uh it's going to set more stuff up for later in this series and i believe also for x-men gold and then uh we get some good stuff with like gene and scott and just the dynamics between the team is great uh i really enjoy this book yeah there's a great moment for gene gray fans like, lot, right lot of between her book and this book and a lot of good stuff for gene really gray good. yeah it's it's a nice time yes did you figure out how to read this i did yeah, me too. It's a manga. Okay. I know. I've okay. never read a manga before. No? No. Oh, dude. No. Manga's pretty great. I know. Okay. should read it. Uh, Zombies Assemble, number one, written by, uh, written and drawn by Yusuku Komiyama with scripts for the uh, English translation by Jim Zub. Uh, so it's a black and white manga-style story. Zombies Assemble. Um, it features Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, Thor, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and it opens up with uh, scary zombie stuff. And then... 
Tony Stark's birthday party. Yeah, which it's just super fun. It's Tony Stark's. They they throw a birthday party for Tony Stark, um, but unfortunately, there's zombies in Stark Tower or wherever oh, they are. Um, and they have to lock down the place. The zombie infection is starting to spread, and we get to see it spread through into the Avengers. Uh, it's just it takes great. over the most terrifying person right off the bat. Too. Yeah, well, one of yeah, there, that's yeah. true. There's two options that'd be pretty bad. Yeah, uh, but it, it's just it's cool. It's creepy. It's gross. It's it's definitely it's neat, something man. neat to check <laughs> out different. if you've never you know, and especially if you've never read any manga. Yeah, this is a cool introduction to the, the format. It was cool. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. Okay, guys, let's rush through this collections on sale this week. Amazing Spider-Man Volume 5 Worldwide, Avengers K, Book 5, Assembling the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot Steal the Galaxy Prose Novel, Jessica Jones Volume 1, Uncaged, good stuff there, Marvel Masterworks Doctor Strange Volume 8 and Hardcover, Spider-Man The Lifeline Tablet Saga, and Star Wars Legends Epic Collection Volume 2, Rebellion. Uh, so Spider-Man The Lifeline Tablet Saga yeah. has some really cool stuff in mm-hmm. it. It's like old Spider-Man stuff, and then a follow-up to that story that... Um, I, I I don't have it in front of me, but mm-hmm. it might be Kurt Busiek, but the oh, cool. art is by Steve Rude. Oh. And Steve Rude. The dude. He is so, so good. So incredibly good. Yeah. He's not done enough Marvel stuff. No, not nearly. But he, like, lizard in here, and I posted some images a while back when the trade first hit my desk. His lizard is some maybe my favorite version wow. of the lizard. It's Very so cool. cool. Very it's cool. definitely something to check out. Um all right, yeah, Digital Comics on sale this week, the things we've talked about, as well as Doctor Strange 38 through 46 from the 1970s series, Wolverine and Black Cat, Claws 2, yeah. 1 through 3, Wonder Man uh, 1 through 5 from 2006, uh, X-Man 5 through 17 and 20 through 29 of that series, a little Nate Gray action for you, yep. Digital Collections on sale this week, Avengers K, Book 5, Assembling the Avengers, Doctor Strange Masterworks, Volume 8, Jessica Jones, Volume 1, Uncaged, Spider-Man, The Lifeline Tablet Saga, Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, The Rebellion, Volume 2, Amazing Spider-Man, Worldwide, Volume 5, Fantastic Four, First Family, Loners, The Secret mm. Lives of Superheroes. Fun stuff. Yeah, Spider-Girl, Volume 10, uh, well, Spider-Girls, Volume 9 and 10, uh, What If, Why Not, which I think might be the, <laughs> Why not? the jokey stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, and X-Men, Dance with the Devil. Freshly digitized this week on Marvel Unlimited, we've got Avengers number one from the current series, Champions number two, Deadpool and the Mercs for Money number five, Death of X number three, Doctor Strange Punisher, Magic Bullets, Infinite Comic number one. That's a good one. Don't sleep on that. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marvel Universe Avengers Ultron Revolution number five, Moon Knight number eight, Fool Killer number one, which you guys know I love me some Fool Killer. Occupy Avengers number one. Love that. Definitely check that out, please. Stuff there too. Scarlet Witch number 12. Spider-Man 2099 number 17. Spider-Woman number 13. Spidey number 12. Unworthy Thor number one through two. Then some like turn of the century uh, X-Men stuff with X-Babies Reborn from 2000. X-Factor, the original series 16 and 62, which is Extinction's Agenda. Uh, tie-ins. X-Men Books of Ascani from 1995, number one. X-Men Phoenix Limited Series from 1999, one through three. X-Men The Wedding Album from 1994. X-Men Unlimited, the 1993 series, one through three and eight through ten. I love those. Yeah, oh, some man. really good stuff. Some good, uh, some good... I think the first, is the first issue the one with Wolverine when he's... No. No? The first issue is the one where Cyclops and Storm get stuck in the Antarctic. By Sienna Blaze. Oh. Yeah. I have to go back. What's the Wolverine story you're thinking of? I, I thought there was a Wolverine story where he was stuck in, in somewhere cold, too, and it was like 
him maybe versus Sabretooth. Mm. I don't know. Are maybe you thinking I'm... of the X-Men the Animated Series episode, Cold Comfort? <laughs> <laughs> Is that I what you're think thinking so. of? <laughs> I don't think because so. Because that was Wolverine and Sabretooth fighting uh, in the es- – that was when the es- – you know the episode I'm talking about, right? I don't remember it. No. Oh, my God. There's Eskimos and Wolverine. Wolverine runs away from the X-Men. I'm not going to take too long with this. Wolverine <laughs> runs away from the X-Men because he's pissed because Scott and Gene are together. Uh, he goes to this, like, place up in Canada. He becomes one or becomes part of this like Eskimo tribe. Sabretooth follows him. Sabretooth attacks him. They just have this great fight. It's awesome. Nice. X-Men the animated series, guys. You should check it out. <laughs> um, we also have Extreme X-Men Exposé from 2003, issues one and two. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're going to kick it over to your news section. Yeah, we're going to kick it over to us talking to Darren. Then we're going to go to the West Coast. Then we're going to go to Blake with Lucha Underground. Then we'll be back with questions and comments. Awesome. Now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News! Alright guys, welcome to the news section of This Week in Marvel, where you get all the latest on comics. Uh, this week we've got with us editor Darren Shan. Darren, welcome to the show. Hello, hello, thank Can you. Can I pronounce your name right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you don't feel like there's, I did. There's, I mean, there, there are multiple ways Some to pronounce to it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on what country you're in. Yeah. All right. Well, we're in, <laughs> we're, we're in the good old U.S. of A. Okay. So we're going to say right. Darren Jan. But welcome okay. to the show. Uh, we've never had you on before. Yeah, you have. We have? Yeah. When did we have you on before? I think it was to talk about Guardians Oh, yeah? Last to talk time. about Guardians? Yeah, yeah. All right. Back on the show again. <laughs> okay. Yes, Darren yes, Chan. yes. You know, before we get into it, though, we didn't. If we talked, if we, I, we talked about this last time, forgive me, but uh-huh. I want to talk a little bit about you and your role. Oh, in the sure. Yeah. How long have you been at Marvel now? Uh, it is about a year and a half now. Really? Yeah, yeah. And how did and you get? Years. What was your What was your path to get here? Uh, to Marvel or to comics in general? Either or. Um. Well, my path to Marvel was basically I used to work at DC, <laughs> uh, and. I just knew people at Marvel, yep. and they introduced me to more people at Marvel, and I continued to talk to them. And then eventually, I was like, "Hey, I need a job. <laughs> Can someone help me with that?" Yeah. And they and it took some time, but yeah, eventually, eventually, they were like, "Yeah, we we have something." So. And so, what books do you work on now? Currently, I'm working on well, all of the Guardians of the Galaxy books. So you've got your main Guardians book, you've mm-hmm. got the Rocket ongoing series, you've got the. I Am Groot series, which is launching soon. Um, we have Thanos, which is part of the cosmic Marvel line that we do. Um, and then I'm also working on Doctor Strange, mm. uh, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme, and Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Now that's quite a cross-section when you get, like, you know, the yeah. cosmic books are all a little similar, but then yeah. you got to do uh, Doctor Strange as well. As some well magic as some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you divide up your day to kind of switch your mindset from one to the other uh i don't know if i really have to (laughs) switch any mindset it's to me it's just it just it's all comic books and so Mm -hmm. it all comes i don't want to say it comes naturally to me like i'm some sort of expert but (laughs) it's a natural yeah 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 It, it, it it doesn't require anything it just it just comes from you know, a love of the characters. Cool. So, cool. yeah. It's well, what we're here hard. to talk about today specifically is Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series. Yes, yes. Hit video game. Yes. We are doing a comic adaptation of it. Yes. Is adaptation the right word? Or would you uh, say no, it's more, accompaniment? It's, it's, more of a, it's more of a prequel to, okay. the, to the game. Yeah. So how did this project come to be and how did you come to be involved with it? Uh, 
how did it come to be? I believe so. So Marvel Interactive, which was run by Bill Roseman mm-hmm. uh, and Tim Hernandez, they they are the representatives of Marvel that work with other companies like Telltale mm-hmm. to make sure that you know they are portraying our characters in the in a light that we want. You know, um, and I guess as part of that, they were just like, hey, let's do a comic. Yeah. Uh, because they saw an opportunity to sort of uh, mine some stuff from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done that with other with other video games like the Champions Contest, Contest Champions. of Champions game yeah. and, and comic. Um, so I think this was just another one where they were like, let's let's continue to do those types of comics because we know there are going to be a lot of eyes on the game and people will probably want to read a comic about it too. So, so what are we going to see in this specific comic? So this is, it, it's it's a five-issue miniseries by Fred Van Lenti and uh, Salva Espen. Mm-hmm. And Great team. Yeah, yeah. They work together on The Incredible Hercules, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, and Salva's drawn a bunch of Deadpool stuff. Uh, and I felt like his style was a good fit for... One for one, the, the the story that Fred was telling, yeah. but also his style I felt matched or would have very similar uh, a very similar aesthetic to the game designs. Okay. Um, so the the series is basically about the team is in need of money. Mm-hmm. So they in your very first issue, they go on a mission. They've been hired to uh, to. Uh, not arrest, but to capture these two bad guys uh, named the Blood Brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, things go wrong as they always do for the Guardians. They end up not making their bounty, so they they're in need of money. So the so it sort of leads them down this path that will eventually end up with that will end where the first episode of the Tale cool. Games starts. Cool. Yeah, with the Guardians. Obviously, you work on the main book, and yeah. these are the same characters. Right. But there's a different feel to them, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, Explain that. Well, so so the, the, the Guardians comic book, the main Guardians comic book, all new Guardians of the Galaxy, takes place in the Marvel Universe. It's part of Marvel continuity, and it's very much ingrained in, like, like those are the characters that we've been reading about for the last dozen or so years. Right. The Telltale game has its own continuity mm-hmm. that sort of borrows from it, it sort of cherry picks. So if you're familiar with the movie, if if you watch the movies, the characters will feel very familiar to you in the game mm-hmm. and in the comic. So it doesn't follow necessarily mainline Marvel continuity. It follows the game continuity, which just borrows from the movie, what we know of the movie. So what are some of the challenges that lie therein when you're adapting a game or providing a prequel to a game? I would say the biggest challenge has been making sure that our story doesn't step on the toes of the game story. Because mm. what we, because we're a prequel, uh, we want to make sure that we're not hitting any beats that the game plans on, plans on telling. Got it. Uh, so there's a lot of it's a lot of coordination between Fred, uh, a lot of coordination with uh, the Telltale guys, and Marvel Interactive. So there's there's a lot of people involved that we have to make sure, like, 
hey, does this beat work for you guys? Right. Or it, does it contradict anything that you, you're doing in the game? Right. Um, that's been that's been the biggest challenge, but so far it's been pretty smooth. Uh, cool. The Telltale guys have been super cool, super super uh, collaborative in making sure that we tell the best story that we can. Who are some of the standouts in terms of characters? I mean, obviously all the Guardians are going to get a little spotlight. Does anyone jump yeah. out at you? Uh, right now, there is one character in there who's actually not part of the team oh. that will be showing up by issue... I think issue two, yeah. and I think that this character is like one of my favorite uh, Marvel Galaxy characters. Got it. So yeah, will there be a lot of cosmic like guest stars and villains? Yes, and yes, yes. I think I believe that uh, the Blood Brothers, who I mentioned before, right. are pre-established. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're Marvel classics. characters, they used right? To work with Thanos back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Thanos is definitely going to be playing a role in this, nice. like he plays a role in the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, another character named the Astronomer, who mm-hmm. I believe he's a. This is how bad I am. Is at he a new elder Marvels. of the universe? I think so. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. About he right. is. He is. So we're we're taking a lot of pre-established characters and sort of putting them in the context of the game. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So um, people going out to who are interested in potentially picking up Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale series, mm. the comic book adaptation. Yes. How do you how do you sell them on it? What are the uh, what are the reasons people need to buy this book? Uh, I would say it's just if you, aside from if you enjoyed the game, mm-hmm. you'll enjoy the comic. But if you haven't played the game, if you just really liked the movie mm-hmm. that you just saw, um, if you like the characters, like. It's just a good character showcase, uh, to, and it's a really funny comic as well. Cool. Thank you, Darren. You got anything else you want to add? Uh, you have so many notes. I don't want to I deprive have, you. I have a lot of notes. Yeah. I have a lot of notes. Um, no, I'm okay. You're I'm good? Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Right. I want to ask you how you got into comics, oh, but that's maybe another that's, time. that's another time. That's another, that's another time. That'll be yeah. our sequel. Okay. All cool. right, cool. Sounds Thanks good. for coming back on, Darren. All right. Thanks a lot. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello, this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... This is editor Christine Den. And... I am way too busy recovering from an awful, awful <laughs> stomach bug to do any of the usual crap. So, lucky you. Stomach bug, right. Nora. Yeah. <laughs> not have Noro. Stop spraying that. Tim, we, got, we, also got, we also got special guest star. Tim Hernandez, director of game production for Marvel Games. And we've got some uh, Marvel Games news this week, and I actually don't have a piece of paper in front of me, so I don't well. know what to prompt us with. Christine starts off. Nebula joins... Marvel's Contest of Champions. Yes, Nebula. Finally got another tech champion in. It's been a while, and that uh, skill category has really been needed. So she's awesome. Joins the game uh, this week. She's got some awesome Ravager costume. Yeah, she's wearing a Ravager costume. She has the batons from Guardians of the Galaxy 1. So as usual, uh, Kabam with Contest of Champions takes 
different elements from different sources, puts their own unique spin on them, um, but really it gave her some really cool abilities and powers. She's got a self-repair uh, feature, which allows, awesome. yeah, allows her to recharge, get her power back. Um, she can do some, some power blocks to, to really knock down opponents and not let them do their abilities. So she's a really cool character. So get her in-game this week. Cool, and then I know second we have a new update for Spider-Man Sp- Spider-Man Unlimited. I remembered this. <laughs> you remember this. I remembered this. Yeah, this one's really cool. We're introducing a whole new world into the game, the symbiote world. Yes. So Spidey goes to Clintar. Uh, Is that all... the name of the symbiote world? Yeah. It's a, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Venom symbiote's at Clintar. Clintarian? I don't know. But yeah, Clintar. Um, I'm just going to call them uh, symbiotes. Yeah, it's better. It's easier. But so uh, along with the new world, we have new obstacles, new uh, opponents. They've uh, refactored Venom, Carnage, and Scream as bosses. So they Scream? now Scream. Scream, yeah. There, there is Man. a deep, deep roster of symbiotes. Oh, I love the 90s. <laughs> Give everybody a symbiote. Every color. Uh, but remember, remember that what was that? There was that Venom series where it was like the rainbow of symbiotes. There was like the yellow one, Scream, and then there's like a green one, and then Agony. There's a, there's a, and they're all in Spider-Man Unlimited oh at this God. point. Yes, I think that game now has the biggest roster of Spider-Man characters, Spider-Men, Spider-Woman, and symbiotes. It's mm-hmm. it's up there. It's in the it's in the hundreds. So they just keep <laughs> keep plugging away. And this one has a couple of new characters. Also, we got. Um, Scar- a new version of Scarlet Spider. We have a new surveillance suit Spider-Man, which Ooh. just debuted in Spider-Man Deadpool, the comic series, um, recently. Uh, Black Tarantula and Prowler. So pretty Aww. big update with lots of new Spideys coming. That's super cool. And then... Um, well, what else we got, Christine? That's it for games. Oh, Other that's it for games? That's it. second anniversary of Marvel Future Fight. Yeah, still going on. Already? It's been two years. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's insane. 50 million players. Yeah. You can tell Christine comes from a background in PR because she always has like all those like stats handy. And they're all on her head. They're all on her head. She's got 50 million. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No big deal. No big deal. All right. Well, thank you you for joining us, Tim. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be back with uh, movies and all that stuff in just a sec. Thanks, guys. Get better, Mark. All right, folks, now on to the wonderful world of Marvel movies and television. A little movie called Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 came out last weekend. Mm -hmm. Not sure if you've heard about it, but it took number one at the box office with, like, what? Christine didn't put the actual number here, but it's like... 148 million. 148? Wow, that's up from the last time I looked. I think it was 48% uh, increase. Increase from the first... That is impressive. Um, so yes, obviously, probably more than a few of you have heard of this movie <laughs> at this point. Uh, obviously, because it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It is, and deservedly so. Uh, it's one of my new favorites in our movies. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it other than it's great. Go see it. Go see it again. Go see it again, again. Go see it again, again, again. Mm-hmm. I've already seen it three times. Really? Yep, but last week we had a group of 50 people. Nerd alert. <laughs> people were crying in the theater. It was awesome. <laughs> Nerd alert. Um, but also to Mark's, uh, Marvel's 15th number one debut out of 15 films since the MCU's inception in 2008. Wow. Back back all the way in the wee days. I remember mm-hmm. those days. Man, I've been here forever. 
Um, moving over into the world of television. Uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We had the penultimate episode this week, which you know what that means. Season finale yeah. next week. But this week's episode was amazing because Ada can now feel feelings. Because um, she decided to make herself human. She's a real girl now. Uh, she's like <laughs> she's like the evil, psychotic female version of Pinocchio. Yeah, if you all look, looked at our live tweets, um, there are some amazing Ada reaction gifts. <laughs> she does have some great reactions in this one. Um, Yes, and of course, we are building up to next week's big action-packed season finale, which features the team squaring off against Ada, uh, the return of Ghost Rider. And I'm so excited. Yo-Yo has gone into the framework to try and bring Mac back. Tons of big stuff. It's a very big, very packed uh, episode. But while you're waiting for that, I talked with Elizabeth Henstridge, uh, Agent Gemma Simmons, for the latest episode of This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which, did they get posted while I was sick? Yes. All right. I've been out sick the last <laughs> couple days, uh, and I spent most yeah. of Wednesday asleep, quite literally. Uh, <laughs> so I have podcast. no idea what's going on. Uh, you guys talked about Fitzsimmons, and this past episode was really devastating and like I like I just feel for Fitzsimmons um other news of course big news big news uh FXX has ordered 10 episodes of the adult and comedy the untitled Marvel's Deadpool series set to debut in 2018 Mm -hmm. Donald and Stephen Glover who uh Don Glover of course people know from Community uh creator of Atlanta creator of Atlanta he'll be a creator and star of Atlanta Mm -hmm. uh his music is Childish Gambino. He'll be in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming this summer. Great Thank stand-up you. comedian. <laughs> uh, him and his brother, Steven, they will be writing it, serving as showrunners um, uh, and executive producers, along with Jeff Loeb and Jim Corey, our usual uh, Marvel television stalwarts. Um, and that's not the only TV announcements this week. You guys, No, go for it. Uh, you guys got your first look at The Gifted, Fox has officially picked up uh, the story about a suburban couple whose, you know, lives are suddenly uh, upended when they find out that their children possess mutant powers and they are forced to go on the run and join this underground network of mutants and, you know, fight to survive. Yes. And we'll be getting uh, an even better look at The Gifted on Monday. Yes. Monday, May 15th. Uh, We will be releasing the full trailer for the series. Uh, with, I believe, Fox's Upfronts are on Monday. So so check it out on YouTube, our socials, like marvel.com. We got you covered. Stay stay tuned for that. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything we got. We should plug that we have next week's Twim URC, which is... Inhumans. Inhumans. Issues? One through four. Yes. The (laughs) the 2008 run. No, not 2008. It's like 2002 or something. Okay, in the 2000s. Yeah, you you you, you recheck those. Uh, it, it's the uh, series by Ladrone. Yes, yeah, so uh, if you go on the comics section to marvel.com, it is right there on the banner for you guys to click. Again, gorgeous, gorgeous thing. Uh, Christina's been uh, touting it on Twitter. I haven't been because I don't... You don't tweet. I don't understand what a tweeter is. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, tweet us your reactions, commentary... 
and uh, I'll share mine because I have never read it. Uh, neither have I actually. Um, all right, and uh, where are we going to now? Are, are, did you talk with the animation? Is there a new animation nope. this week? Uh, oh. No new animation until July. All right, well, we'll send it back to, to, um, New, York. to New York then. Uh, say hello to them for us, and we will talk to you guys next week. And now welcome to This Week in Marvel, our very special guest! Alright, hey everybody, uh, Blake from Marvel.com here with Johnny Mundo. How you doing today? Doing uh, amazing. <laughs> so we're in Chicago for uh, C2E2, and we're talking about, what, season four now of Lucha Underground? We're, uh... We're still talking about season three. We're about halfway through season three. We're on hiatus right now. We come back on the El Rey Network on May 31st, and the first episode back is an Iron Man match between myself and Willie Mack, and that match in particular is one of the best matches of my career. I, I can't be more excited to be back on the air. The thing that I've heard so much about the, the series is like this is a show for wrestling fans and for non-wrestling fans. What's, what's the secret to that? The secret is that we're respectful of people's time. Um, Three-hour Raw, two-hour SmackDown, the seven-hour WrestleMania, the Mania. Like it's, you, if you want to be a fan of that, you need to dedicate 15 hours a week. And um, ain't nobody got time for that. Come on, it's 2017. Lucha Underground is a is a polished, fast-paced, hard-hitting hour of TV. Lucha Underground is a mix of a wrestling show and a gritty action movie. The, the matches are like any other wrestling show in front of a live studio audience, and um, the emotion you're hearing is real. That's what it sounds like in the temple. But the storytelling that stitches our show together is shot like a TV show or a film with coverage. And because of that, it allows more subtleties and nuanced performances in the backstage vignettes, and it allows us to tell more layered stories, deeper stories, and I feel like that is what today's audiences are interested in. And that kind of answers my next question of what you would say for fans who aren't wrestling fans to get into it, right? I mean, I would say uh, just start watching Lucha Underground. And uh, the show speaks for itself, but it, the same is true with Lucha Underground as any other wrestling promotion. The TV show speaks for itself, but if you come see it live, there's no experience like watching wrestling live. So. Watch it on the LA Network, watch it on Netflix or Amazon or iTunes, and if you can, make it out to the temple and come check out one of the tapings. And if you're not a wrestling fan, then there's something wrong with you after that. Um, last question. So since it's Marvel, who, what Marvel character would you like to get in the ring with? Man, I would love to have a hair versus hair match with Thor. Um, <laughs> just just off the so top great. of my head, I mean... I mean, it would probably have to be some sort of a hardcore match because he's got that hammer. <laughs> but if it was a TLC, I would, I would bet on Johnny Mundo. And then you would see a, a, a short-head Thor, which, uh, <laughs> didn't that already happen? Yeah, he cut his hair for the new movie. Exactly. <laughs> he predicted the outcome of that match and preemptively cut his hair because he's afraid. Johnny, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, brother. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we're here for, what, the... I guess it's pressed for half of season three, and then season four. What can, what can you say to tease the next half of season three? 
Um, I, I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> that could be my question. Basically, basically, Dario Cueto is making a great effort to, to be in total, in total charge of the temple, you know? And we are going to, to see a second, a second part of the season really, really excited. The first episode that we are going to have, it's all night long, with Johnny Mundo challenging the MAC for, for, the, uh, for the Lucha Underground Championship. So, so you are going to see more action. You are going to see more talent. We are expecting Ultima Lucha 3, where you are going to have a lot of really, really interesting matches over there. So, so 20 more episodes coming on in the Ray Network and we are really really excited about that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And and Ray, I mean you're like obviously you can you can't throw out throw the word legend to a lot of people, but you are a legendary wrestler. Let's talk a little bit about how I was I asked Johnny this earlier, like this show is it's great in the fact that wrestling fans love it and non wrestling fans can also love it. Can can you kinda of talk about that? Um I I think you capture both audiences because of the fact that it's it's not your ordinary or typical wrestling show, you know it's it's a it's pretty much a character-driven series, television series, you know with with wrestling included. Mm. Uh, but this is like the evolution of wrestling. This is uh, on a different level, wrestling, man. I mean, I, I was fully impressed when I saw it for the first time. You know, uh, eye opener from the beginning and still to this day, definitely. Uh, truly believe that we have some of the best talent out in the world right now and we do give some of the best matches out there right now uh, not to mention when you tie that with the storylines and you have people like uh, like Brunette and Rodriguez behind the scenes creating this product you know it's just it's a, you, you have a, a masterpiece pretty much and I think wrestling needed that. I think the audience needed that. And for that audience that has never seen wrestling but are, are glued to the TV watching their their television series, you know, what better than to catch their attention and bring them into this world, to the wrestling world. And, and what's your, kind of touch on that, what's your secret to keep, like, going the next step above and beyond each season over and over? What's wow, it's, it's a complicated uh, question. Basically, when we launched uh, Lucha Underground, we tried to put a lot of different people from different industries. Not, not, not to be just, you know, like, we want to put out of the box what wrestling business means. So, so we are in a position where our, our creatives make a wonderful job putting characters as Prince Puma, as Mil Muertes, and how to mix all those characters and that universe with, with, with characters as Johnny Mundo or Rey Mysterio, who was really well known in the, in the wrestling business. So when, when we start to have discussions about season four, all the ideas that come together are, are, are amazing, you know? Of course, we are developing a new universe as a Marvel universe. Basically, we are trying to create a Marvel universe in a ring, in a wrestling, in a wrestling perspective, and all the opportunities are, are, are far and beyond we can we can do whatever we want we have characters as mil muertes as, as, and as pentagon who the mythology of these characters has many different options even as spin-offs and it doesn't have to be just a wrestling show you know so 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 we are creating a new universe we are creating new worlds we are creating a, a, a total new way of, of how to visualize and how to to make the distribution of Lucha Underground, and we are really, really excited because of that. And then, I guess, last question for you, Ray. Since this is Marvel, and you're you're obviously known to be a Marvel fan, I think we've always asked you who you want to get in the ring with, Marvel-wise. And I think it's been Spider-Man. Has that changed? 
I'll tell you, man, if I, if I can get a match a month, you know, I would, I would start off with Spider-Man, then probably move over to The Flash, and then continue on with Batman. And I would think I would save the Hulk for last. Oh, wow. Yes, Why yes. But that? Just because of the, how big he is. And I think that's, that's probably the match that everyone would want to watch, just because of all the, the opponents that I've, I've faced in, in my uh, previous career. You know, uh, from Kevin Nash to, to Scott Norton to Bam Bam Bigelow. You know, when you talk about legends of the sport, you know, those are the guys that I face. So... I think the Hulk is in in the mix with with those top dogs, man. That's awesome. Well, it's always an honor. Thanks for all the seasons, and thank you, the legendary Ray Mysterio. Thank you very much, man. Stay tuned for more. Um, so, uh, uh, hey guys, Blake with Marvel.com here with Taya at, at C2E2 in Chicago. We were talking last time we interviewed you was New York Comic Con. What's uh, what's been going on? What's been happening? Well, a lot of stuff has happened. <laughs> Um, on the personal level, I moved to L. Well, I moved to LA last September. I've been living there now, you know, for the last eight months, I guess. Holy, how time flies! Um, I am. I've gone to two tours of Japan. I have um, now regained my championship. I was. I was the first. Well, I am the first ever foreign woman to be the Lucha Libre AAA Women's Champion. Also, the longest reigning. I lost the belt a few weeks ago, and I got it back two days ago. So now I'm a two-time women's champion. Thank you. And uh, we're just getting ready for the rest of season three to come out and promoting uh, Lucha Underground and working all over the place and having some amazing matches with all the talent in the States. And I've just been uh, trying to embrace it all in, you know, and just talking a lot about now we're on Netflix now and we're just doing so many many cool different things. And so, I mean, what can you say about the second half of season three? For me, it was the, this. It's my strong part of season. Season three for me started off a little bit slow, but then uh, in the second half, you're going to see some of my favorite matches that I have for season three are, are all obviously coming up. Can't really talk about them because there's no spoilers, <laughs> but some crazy, crazy stuff. And everyone's mind is going to be blown when they see the finale. And there's just so much stuff that's happening in the within the temple and the Lucha Underground universe that um, you guys are all going to be very, very happy and excited when it all comes out. So. And what's it like working with the El Rey Network? Because it seems like you got a lot of free reign to do a lot of really cool things. Well, I think it's Lucha Underground as a, as a whole. They, they have so much trust in us as talent that we're allowed to have input, creative input, about how we want our characters to be represented or what we want to wear or like how we want our matches to be and the stories and stuff. So it's just really cool because us, as, as a performer, as an artist, you want to like be able to, you know, have that control over who you are, and uh, and they they allow us to do that. So it's it's cool. They really trust our roster because we are the best. So, ta-da! <laughs> uh, last question. Since it's Marvel, if you had to get in the ring with a Marvel character, who would it be? I don't know. I think that Ty would want to take all of them on. <laughs> I don't think I can pick one just all one. All at once? You can, can all you at say, once. Yeah. I don't know. I think Taya, um, Taya obviously is not scared of anyone. She would take on anyone in the temple, so why not anyone in the Marvel Universe? So come at me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Thanks, so, thanks as always so much. No, no, thank you guys.
All right, lots of good stuff this episode. Hope you've been enjoying it. Now it's time for questions and comments. Reminder, you can submit your questions and or comments using the hashtag this week in Marvel on Twitter or use the uh, email address twimpodcast at marvel.com. Yep. Um, I know someone had tweeted to us using the hashtag twim. Yeah. I don't know if Alex grabbed it for this. Probably not. He's the uh, worst. So I apologize. If we don't get to yours, remember use the hashtag this week in Marvel. Yep. Um, or just ping me again. We'll make sure to, to try to grab it for another one because there was a good question in there, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I get so many tweets every day. I, so I don't remember what it was off yeah. the top of my head. Fair so, enough. Anyway, Hayden Sane kicks us off. Says Secret Empire number one reminded me a tad of yes. Age, Age of uh, Ultron number one. Bad guys one. Big heroes are in shambles, and Hawkeye is in prominence. I had the same feeling. I actually talked to Brevoort about it when he was him and him and uh, Alana were on talking about Secret Empire. It's kind of the same jump right into the story where the bad guys have already taken over the world. Definitely gave me some Age of Ultron vibes. Yeah. Uh, Hayden says, I like to imagine that Ben Morse is the alter ego of Thing and Mockingbird Amalgamation. That's why my parents named me. <laughs> Black Bolt number one. Maybe one of his favorite Marvel comics of all time. Oof. Cannot wait for more. Well said, Hayden. Haywood W. HW View. My pick for May 3rd was Guardians of the Galaxy, all new Guardians of the Galaxy number one by Jerry Duggan. Keeps the vibe James Gunn set and it was great. Yeah. Also shout out to Aaron Cooter. Um, always give our artists the, the proper credit they deserve. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, to Strami, it was great having the Wolfman back on This Week in Marvel talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The Wolfman was back? No, well, so um, during production okay. of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Strami and the Wolfman went down to uh, the yes. set. Um, I wanted to do it, but I was in like the middle of three trips. Makes sense. So the two of them went, and they captured a bunch of interviews to hold yeah. until now. Um, so it's it's really great. And cool. yeah, we get a little bit of Wolfman action. A little now. bit of Wolfman action. Very little nice. A little bit of Wolfman in my life. A little bit of Monica. Other song. Joshua Cooper, Commander Socket says, Anyone versus the Wrecking Crew makes a good first issue. Loving Jean Grey number one. Tags Dennis Hopeless there. Yeah, and, uh, so then you're definitely going to love Secret uh, Warriors number one. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. More uh, Wrecking Crew goodness in a number one issue. Uh, I know This Week in Marvel doesn't usually spotlight Star Wars books, but Poe Dameron number 14 deserves an in-depth look, which we gave it. Bam. And then we did Star Wars The Screaming Citadel number one this week. So we are all about them Star Wars comics. Yeah, Rafa B says, is there a chance the Inhumans quote-unquote movie will be released outside the U.S. as well? Um, so it's uh, it's going to, it's not, you know, you put movie in quotes, um, it is going to be a limited IMAX release. So um, I I expect to see, you know, where IMAX is available, we'll we'll see the movie. We'll have plenty more information, but uh, I imagine. Yes. Um, We want to make sure as many people can see this as possible. Absolutely. Raph says, since Hulu is a U.S.-only service, I guess we'll have to wait to see Runaways on European screens. Um, So one of the things that we do is, you know, there's distribution opportunities and options around the world. You know, something like Netflix is more global, but something like Hulu, I guess, is only U.S. only. But, you know, teams work to find ways to get uh, the shows to people. When that happens, how that happens, um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of news in time. But uh, we want everybody to watch Runaways. Yeah. And Raf says, every time Strami interviews Ian DeCastiker, I'm having a great time. Can you guys do a web show with both of them? Oh, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> uh, it sounds like something. Uh, Ricky <laughs> Ribeiro says, how is young Cyclops an active member of both Champions and X-Men Blue? Are the books taking place at different times? The old, you know, one guy being a member of both teams thing, it's, it's a classic comic saying. Wolverine, of course, was a member of like five teams at once at one point. It's just when they're uh, when they have downtime from one, they do the other. Yeah, and you got to remember, like... Six issues of one comic may take place over one day, of course, over a couple of hours, yep. or it takes, you know, like 
the timing, it's however the story works for the, the creators to tell the story is what's most important. Absolutely. Um, just think about, like, you know, we, we go to work every day, but yes, it's do. not like work is the only thing that we're involved in. So, right. you know, you can travel, you can do these other things, and you, you have other experiences. So seeing Cyclops in different books on different teams is just him having his different experiences. Well said. Yeah. Uh, Ricky says, this is particularly confusing success yeah. since X-Men Blue is based in Madripoor. Well, the champions are in New York City. The champions are everywhere. Though. Yeah, the champions are everywhere. They got ways to get around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's one of those things that um, it if you don't think of like, oh, all these comics coming out at the same time take place at the same time, that's just the way it is. Everything mm-hmm. is – there's a lot of fluidity you need to have to spend your disbelief about characters who, you know, fire – um, kinetic force blasts out of their eyes and turn into giant green rage <laughs> monsters mm-hmm. and can stretch and got their powers from um, mists that yeah. you know go all over suspend a little disbelief yeah it's yeah. good um, once you get to that I think you hopefully you won't worry about these things yes. uh, and then one more from Ricky says <laughs> this question also applies to old man Logan who's part of X-Men Gold Weapon X his solo book and soon to be part of Astonishing X-Men 2 I think we covered it yeah so hopefully that enjoy, helps enjoy double Wolverine and yeah. double Cyclops there hopefully that, that helps Ricky alright Robert uh, comments saw Guardians last night and Craglin as played by Sean Gunn and Yondu as played by Michael Rooker stole the show of this beyond amazing film yeah I would say Yondu is my favorite part of the film with Drax being my number two. Drax my number by. one. It's just the yeah. way it is. No, I, it's the way it is. I, <laughs> that's fine. I think he's incredible. Uh, yeah, I, we, I think I, I sent a message to Dave yeah. like right after I saw Dave. it the first time and I was just like, dude, that was so good. You're so amazing. He's and he was he was like, You're so amazing. No, he's like the most humble dude. He's yes, like, oh, thanks. True. I'm so I, I'm I hope people like it. Like Yeah. Like I just he's like the man. he is the best. He's the best. Um, he's going to be really disappointed when he hears that he was behind Yondu in your picks. Hey, man. Got to be honest. It's going to destroy him. Um, Robert also says, Mighty Captain Marvel number four was a great conclusion to a compelling story. Margaret Stoll, is, oh, as always, your voice for Carol is perfect. Yes. I believe I met Captain Rogers 44 at C2E2, oh, too. Cool. So it was cool. Oh, I love meeting our uh, listeners at yeah. any event. More from Captain Rogers says, so how is Daredevil 84 and nope, 80? This is from Buffy. What? Buffy Paisan 67. Oh, my God. My apologies. RP67 shows a panel and says, so how is Daredevil 84 and 85 referenced if this is Daredevil number 84? Uh, looks as if she has found – he or she has found a typo in an old issue of Daredevil, an old editor's note. You get uh, no prize? No prize. No <laughs> prize whatsoever. Scott McElroy. Scott McElroy, Dr. Spidey, I'm curious how much time has passed between Secret Empire number zero and number one. Marvel time, that is. Uh, I think I spoke to Tom about this last week, and it was basically like a couple months has passed. Uh, enough time that the Hydra has really, you know, insinuated themselves, and, you know, you get the scene in the school and all that. So, enough time. You know what we haven't talked about? What? Free comic book day. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't have a copy. Yeah, I've not read we, it. Well, why didn't we get any We didn't get the copies here. Um, this is Ridiculous! Yeah, I am outraged. Stomp, Nick, stomp, what are you going to do about this? Go on strike. Great, Ugh, don't do that, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we should hopefully get those. Copies yeah, we'll get those and, next week. And bet. just make sure we yeah, we'll talk, we'll about, talk about, them. about them. Um, Simon Williams, our boy Simon says, uh, Simon Sebs says, Tomb of the Week for May third, Unstoppable Wasp number five. He says the bar fight and Miles Morales number sixteen was a great piece of action. 
Okay, how old is Danny Cage supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones, number eight, she's sleeping in a crib. Empowerment Iron Fist, she looked like she should be in kindergarten. Both series were taking place in the same timeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Comics. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's comics... Yeah, we're getting too much nitpicky questions this it, week. It's okay. That's this enough. Is, this is these are the things. You guys, that, chill out. These are the things that we as fans yeah. pick up on. But like, it's I guess part for Ben and I is that having like been in the industry and, and thinking about this stuff for for ten years, mm-hmm. for more than ten years, mm-hmm. it's those things that like you just sort of take for granted. Not even so much take for granted. It's just like oh, these things happen. Yep. It's the way it, it goes. You sort of look at it as a bigger picture and not dwell on the little things and try to enjoy the overall story. Danny is there and Danny is there. So quit sending us your nitpicky questions, you nitpickers. No, Ben, stop it. (sighs) Will you stop? Uh, We do this for free. (laughs) Uh, Simon (laughs) Williams says, reading Marvel uh, Champions number eight, is Amadeus falling in love with Viv? I love that. I wonder what Vision would think of that. Uh, Yeah, that that last issue. That was great. That had a great moment. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I think that sort of answers some of it. And... Um, hopefully Amadeus realizes what's going on and yeah. is like, hey, it seemed like he did. He was yeah, sort he of like, to get it. this is great. You're you. Yeah. I'm me. It is what it is. We are us. Yes. This is us. Uh, great show. <laughs> there are, uh, Simon says there are a lot of feels. in on it. There were a lot of feels in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 along with the action and comedy. The power of love and friendship played a big part. Family. Friendship is dope. Friendship is dope. Oh, we need to get that t-shirt. That. You on that, Nick? I'm, I'm, I wrote it down. It's All right coming out soon. Uh, Rocket right. and Yondu made a great team in Guardians Volume 2. Their scenes were some of the best parts of the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. After seeing Guardians Volume 2, I would watch a Drax solo movie. Yes. Can we make that happen? I would want Mantis to be in it, though. That'd be cool. Because I love yeah. their interplay. I would I would watch a Drax and Mantis movie. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I love Simon's hashtag here, sensitive nipples. Yep. <laughs> uh, he says, while Drax was one of my favorite parts of Guardians Volume 2, I felt he was unnecessarily mean to Mantis. Mm. Um, I I think he's just like his being mean is just not having the same social cues. Yeah, just being socially yeah. a little bit socially inept. Totally, and yeah. so he's he is the literalness and him trying to understand things is a little bit out. And what he thinks he's saying is good. He or means is well. Direct. Yeah, or he is means like well. Like he means. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like a, almost like a brother sister kind of like fun you know relationship that yeah. they have there. Yeah, messing around. Yeah. Um, Simon says Stanley's cameo in volume two was my favorite one he's done. There are a lot to choose from. Probably the best. Oh my gosh. It's just incredible. Um, and what character did Sylvester Stallone play in Guardians Volume 2? What comics has he appeared in? He played Starhawk. Yeah. Although he he was not Starhawk in there. He was Stakar. Osgard. Osgard. Osgord. Osgord. Yeah. Yeah. So like the line when he says, uh, the horn of freedom will not sound mm-hmm. over your death. The colors of Ogord, Ogord. Yes. Uh, the colors Ogord. of Ogord will not, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. is meaning that, like, when Yandu dies, in that scene he says, when Yandu dies, I will not give you the Ravager funeral. Right. I will not, ce- you know, celebrate your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he is Stakar Ogord. Who is Starhawk in the comics, and if you want to find him, check out the original Guardians of the Galaxy, the ones I was talking about earlier, the ones from the year 3000. Yeah, or our recent Twim URC. Yep, he um, was there too. Yeah, that's Starhawk. Um, but there's some great Starhawk stuff in the classic Michael Gallagher, Kevin West, Guardians of the Galaxy that I am reading right now. Yeah, so uh, obviously 
Starhawk in the comics has the the, the headpiece. Yep. You know, but the the they had shoulder like little, things, yeah, they had little yeah. allusions to it. Yeah, yeah there was, was little allusions cool. to it. Uh, obviously, Martin X we saw. Martin X showed up. Um, there's so many characters. Charlie Twenty Seven was in it. Ah, uh, yep. Charlie Twenty Seven. Uh, I found out that Alita was in it. Yeah. That's Starhawk's wife. Um, and all sorts of great stuff. Yeah, there's the, that. All those characters at the end were all from the '90s series. Yeah, so uh, those are cool. all completely real and and amazing and incredible deep dive characters. Amazing. Some of them. And finally, Trevor Duvall. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, we had him on uh, just recently, yeah. episode two eighty eight. Very nice. That's awesome. All right, guys, that's all we got for you this week. Yeah, uh, we got to go to another it. meeting. Yeah, and we so got plenty of time. We did it. We did it, guys. We did it. High five. High ten. Yeah. 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 You guys uh, love the sound of skin slapping yep. on skin. Ooh. Ooh. This is Marvel, <laughs> your universe. Yeah!